Hello and welcome to a special All Villa No Villa a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Of course, me and Frankie are back to catch up on new signings and a fixture list. We'll also bring you a one-off feature called the Nearly Eleven, a full team sheet of players who reportedly came close to joining the Mighty Villa, but for a variety of unforgivable reasons, never did. So here we are again, Frankie. The beacons of Gondor have been lit. You've <laughs> called for aid. Here I am. How have you been? I looked to the west. Is it to the west or to the east? He looked at the Helm's uh, uh, <laughs> Deep. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> you're, you're there on your I horse mean, like Gandalf. I mean, technically, if we're going to go on geographical terms, Frankie, I am to your uh, west. So yeah. let's, let's, go, let's go with that. <laughs> and, and on the second day, he looked to the west at, at that dawn. And there you are, riding to my rescue. A good burning <laughs> book, uh, The Lord of the Rings. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is indeed. Uh, yeah, I'm all good, thanks. It's, uh, it was my birthday on uh, June the 18th. So I uh, had uh, a lot of fun. It was my friend's uh, 40th birthday as well. So I spent, you know, well, Frankie, sort of, that's that's on the horizon, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's very, it's very close. Um, if my professional football career can extend to my fortieth year, I'll feel like I've accomplished something, just like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, <laughs> I'm at thirty six. I'm now like fully into my final contract. I think maybe a, a last season at Inter Miami, perhaps, is on the cards. But it's one of them where you kind of like, you know. The fancy come on and everyone just sort of groans like, oh, <laughs> he's not what he used to be, is he? He can't he can't keep up the pace anymore. And they, But then, you know, a 20-year-old winger runs past me and I take him out with my elbow and the commentators go, he's used all his experience there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frankie, you, Frankie, let's be honest, with your Irish complexion, you wouldn't last 10 minutes in Miami. So you, <laughs> no, you, you, no. You, you, could, you can forget about that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you'd, you'd be, shine bright like a beacon of Gondor. Yeah, you'd be like um, when uh, Steve Staunton played uh, for Ireland in the uh, USA World Cup in 94, yeah. California. Yeah, yeah. Horribly sunburned after about five minutes. Yeah, that's why John Aldridge was so angry about that substitution. He was like, get me on, I'm getting sunburned. Get me on quick, I need to get in the shade. <laughs> yeah, and I tried to grab Jack Charlton's cap so he could wear it. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Well, let's crack on with uh, all things Villa then. Um, first things first. I think it's important to mention that Villa have really attacked the transfer window from the off, haven't they? Uh, Bubakar Kamara joining on a free from Marseille. Uh, Diego Carlos signing from Sevilla for a fee reported to be around twenty-eight million pounds, and then obviously Felipe Coutinho joining on a permanent deal after a successful loan spell last season. So, of those three so far. Uh, Frankie, which of those really catches your eye the most? Oh, goodness me. It's hard to pick, isn't it? Mm, uh, yeah. Very impressive work from... A tapas uh, of talent right there. Exactly, a tapas of talent. I can't make <laughs> my mind up. Um, yeah, I uh, I think it, it was. it's long been a complaint of ours that Villa do not have a central defensive midfielder's player or a, a kind of convincing one I guess one who's comfortable on the ball and can take a game by the scruff of the neck and whilst Marvellous Nakamba has done very well in some games you'd probably say he's somebody you'd think of as more of a squad player whereas Bubakar mm. Kamara very highly rated he's just started his first games for France international team so if you're starting in the centre of the park for the French international team you can't be too bad 
22 years of age, um, a lot of experience at Marseille. Uh, I interviewed Jonathan Johnson from CBS uh, all about uh, Kamara because he's obviously works in French football, so he gets to watch a lot of players like Kamara. And uh, he was waxing lyrical about the player that Villa has signed. Um, so I think that getting Kamara, considering that a lot of big teams in Europe, like Atletico Madrid, were heavily linked with him, that I think a team like Man United as well were linked. Mm. The fact that we've got him so early on, um, I am very hopeful that his um, workhorse tendencies and also his ability to play not just in midfield, but also to come back into a defensive three, play centre-back as well, where he starts his career. The fact that he can do all of those things and is a French international, to me, strikes me as that is the crucial signing we had to make. And Villa have done a brilliant job in getting him in, I think. How about you? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, as, as we were harping on pretty much every show last season, uh, we were talking about that sort of missing link in the middle of the midfield, someone to kind of break up play, um, to do kind of the, the simple things, but to, to offer that kind of um, defensive stability, which we've lacked, and a bit of control in the centre midfield, which we've lacked really for a couple of seasons, I would say. Mm. So Kamara comes in and, and obviously he'll he'll slot right into that sort of position. And as you say, his... Um, his pedigree is, is impressive. He's 22, as you say, um, 130 odd appearances for for Marseille uh, in in, um, in in France's top flight for, for a big club there. And then he's won, yeah, in the last few weeks, I think three caps now for the French international side, um, starting games in competitive uh, matches like the Nations League. So, mm. yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's incredible really thinking that. A club like uh, a club like us. I mean, obviously, we're a fantastic, incredible, historic club, Frankie. But um, given our, given the fact we finished, um, you know, uh, the lower echelons of the Premier League table, how we were, how we managed to kind of secure his services was um, was quite impressive. I'm, I assume, quite a lot of money <laughs> sort of uh, yeah. had something to do with it, uh, just yeah. as a guess. But um, but yeah, as you say, United were linked with him, Atletico Madrid as well. Um, seemed to be the closest rivals we had to securing his signature um and you know they could have offered him well, they, they i'm sure they did offer what well, they would have offered him champions league football uh but no he decided to come to us and um, i'm really really excited about seeing him um carlos i'll admit i don't know too much about but um from what i've heard about him he's 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 been a he's been a quite an instrumental player for sevilla and one of the best center backs in um in la liga which is nothing to be sniffed at either and obviously with Felipe Coutinho, we saw his talents last season. I mean, what a gifted player he is. One of the one of the players of the last, uh, you know, 10, 15 years across European football. And we've got him uh, permanently. I mean, if you have a look at the um, the released list, uh, which has just been announced, I mean, I'm not I'm not knocking Conor Hurahan at all because he was a fantastic servant for us. And and he was he was brilliant for the time that we had him and, and, oh, yeah. and in, 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 the, in the place the, yeah in, in the place we were in the championship and obviously in that first season back in the Premier League kind of instrumental in, in helping us stay there but the fact you've got Coutinho coming in and Hurahan going out just kind of shows you um, the, you know, the, the chasm that we've sort of crossed really uh, and now we really need crazy to be... when you it's crazy when you put it like that I hadn't actually thought about yeah. that that's wow that was, yeah yeah it, yeah exactly it's 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 madness really I, I can't think of a club that's in terms of its transfer policy at least has shown such kind of like progress um, so it's really really exciting I'm sure at the moment we're probably looking at sort of offloading a few players I've, I've seen I've seen you know reports that Traore could be on his way and um, El Ghazi uh, 
Trezeguet, yeah, players, players like that will probably be shifted in the coming weeks. And then again, we might focus on bringing a few more players in, which is mm. obviously very, very, um, very exciting. So, um, yeah, great start to the window. Things have got a little bit quiet now, as you might expect. I think some of the players have gone on holiday with the looks of, you know, people's Instagram pages and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, uh, some of them have returned to training, though. Um, you know, it moves really fast, doesn't it, the, uh, the summer, doesn't it? So yeah. we're not too far away still from, from pre-season. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming we'll, we'll probably get back on the transfer bandwagon uh, in the next few weeks, for sure. Yeah, uh, Diego Carlos, I, uh, um, basically, please, if you're listening to this, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're doing lots of interviews on there and there's plenty more content to come on there. And We've inter- done interviews with journalists about um, the new signings Villa have made and Diego Carlos was one of them. We spoke to Sam Tai from the Ranks of Sea podcast. Great guy. Um, and God, it sounded like David Redman. Great guy. Uh <laughs> Is that what's happening to me as I get older? I sound more like David Brent. I think, Brent, so. Uh, I think from, so, yeah. From The Office, yeah. Uh, or Michael Scott, if you're an American listener. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, Carlos, uh, very physical. Just look at a picture of him. Mm, he looks yeah, like a he's huge. He? Looks like the kind of guy who could get me in a headlock and, you know, take my lunch money. Um, and I'd be <laughs> like, in fact, by the end of the day, I'd just be like, every day after that, I'd just be giving it to him in the morning, just like voluntarily, like, take it, Diego. Um, so, uh, you know, he adds a bit of physicality. He was also centre-back with Jules Koundé, uh, or Jules Koundé, um, uh, for Sevilla, uh, and uh, they won the Europa League together. Um, Sevilla also pushed hard for the La Liga title, but fell away last season. But they also had the strongest defence in the league, conceded the fewest goals. So, look, Diego Carlos, that's a, that's a big signing for the Villa. Um, and again... You wonder who whose place is he going to threaten? You know, he, he's right-footed, but he played on the left side of uh, the severe defence. So, again, it suggests versatility, like with Kamara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely gives Gerard options formation-wise. And uh, who, but whose place will he threaten? Will it be concert or Mings? Well, I, I think for, for probably two seasons now, um, Mings and Konza really have been unchallenged. You know, Courtney Hall's probably knows that he's he's not going to really interrupt those two and, and Callum Chambers as well was probably signed um with under the proviso that he would also be sort of a I'm assuming a, a, a bit of a backup player which he, which he has been I mean a very very good one but um but but yeah someone that sort of comes in when there's been a bit of a dip in form or, or injuries but generally those two um those two have played together Mings and concert and that would be mm. who we'd normally pick as our starting two but Carlos comes in as someone who you'd assume would start from the very first game of the season um so it's it's who who partners him as you say or one of mings or concert um i mean if it's mings then crikey the, the physicality of those two um sort of harks back to a bit of an upgrade on uh, on james collins and richard dunn from a few years ago you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of like two big brutish center backs partnered together um yeah. uh so yeah so that would be interesting to see but obviously, Conser's a bit younger and um, did sort of form did dip last season. I'm sure he'd be the first mm, to admit. But the season odd. before, he was, in my opinion, one of the best centre halves in the in the in the Premier League. Really, I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. So if you can get back to those levels, then between him and Car- Carlos and Mings, we've got, as you say, we've got options there, haven't we? So it's um, that's a really exciting area of the, of the pitch, which we'll see kind of develop over the coming season. Um, mm. And as we mentioned, um, you know, Coutinho there. 
we've also been linked with, with Gareth Bale. Have you seen that in the last sort of few that, yeah. hours? Which would be an interesting uh, acquisition. Um, sort of very much so. Again, a player of like you know one of the best players in Europe over the last ten or fifteen years. Very much like um, Coutinho. But then there's a discussion of you know where does that leave Buendia, who's you know our record signing. So. Yeah. Uh, We'll see how much truth there is in that. I'm sure we'll um, do follow-up programmes over the next coming weeks just to keep across all the, uh, you know, incomings and outgoings. Um, but, yeah, I want to keep an eye on for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, we've also been le- uh, linked with the left-back as well as a backup. And uh, also, interestingly, Villa have signed another youth player. There's been a lot of chat that Villa have been signing older players on big, with no resale value, on big fees and all that. In reality, you know, I think signing Bubakar Kamara at 22 years of age would suggest to me that we haven't done that, really. There seems to be a very odd reaction, I thought, to how to Villa signing Diego Carlos. Though, like, if Newcastle had signed him, no one would have batted an eyelid, but for some reason Villa did it, and people kept going, well, they're putting themselves in financial trouble in. And I thought, well, actually, like, that kind of overlooked, that whole argument overlooks um, the fact that we've been signing copious amounts of young players and probably have the best all-round youth quality in the country really um and some of these players will be sold for a lot of money at some point um, yeah well as as we speak um you know the england under 19s are in european championship action and three villa players have started in that game uh, in the midfield yeah. uh carney chucklemaker and uh, aaron ramsey so yeah. you know we, and we've got the biggest contingent at the that tournament in, in the England yeah. team, three players. So, you know, that just goes to show what an incredible youth system we have at the moment. And, and mm. as you say, Frankie, some of those players, you know, hopefully they stick around, but if they do get sold, they will be sold for, for a decent amount of money, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we signed Kerr Smith as well from Dundee not that long ago, a 16-year-old who played in their first team. So you've got to be real quality at that age to do that. And then also Rory Wilson from Rangers, 350 mm. grand, I believe. That looks. I haven't seen that confirmed, but it looks like it's going. July, ahead. July first. July first. I think that's going to be uh, officially announced. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's done and dusted. But 49 goals. You know, at his age, it's clear that he's one of the best young talents in the country, and we're getting him. Yeah, I, 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 exactly. And I'm sure Gerard would have known known of him coming through uh, while he mm. was at Rangers as well. So he, he Gerard clearly has a has a an, an eye for 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 what's going on up north. And I think you know we talk about you know, McGinn and there's, there's, there's players up in Scotland that, that I think a lot of clubs are missing out on. And with Gerard's connections, I think we're, we're really sort of reaping the benefits, aren't we, by the sounds of things. Steven Gerrard's like a, he's like a night's watchman in Game of Thrones. <laughs> he's, he's looking north of the wall and he sees a good footballer and he takes him south of the wall, rooms him, trains him up, gets him ready to play some football. That wasn't a bad Game of Thrones impression, was, was it? Who was that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's kind of like, I think John, John Snow's more like he's, he's he's very like worried about everything all the time. He's a sort of John Snow sounds like someone who'd like manage a team like Macclesfield and be worried about relegation battles. Um, whereas I feel like St- <laughs> Stanis Baratheon, first his name, he was more like he'd be Manchester United manager, he'd be very stern and serious and get a lot of success with really harsh pre seasons. So <laughs> people probably like listen. Who, what are they going on about? I was what just, I was just about? thinking. I was just thinking. How long ago did Game of Thrones finish? Because at some point, <laughs> yeah. these impressions are just going to be lost on our audience. Right? Just something, yeah. Something to, something to bear in mind. I have to find some new ones. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
Welcome back, everybody. Now, this is a special feature where we build Aston Villa's nearly 11. It's made up of players who were strongly linked with the Villa over the years, but never quite got round to signing on that dotted line. So we've actually just been talking, obviously, about players coming in. A couple of players we've been linked with, like Gareth Bale. These are ones historically we've been linked with. And I have compiled a list of 11 players uh, to play in the Aston Villa nearly 11. I am very excited to hear the players that you have brought in. Are you ready for this? Well, I mean, if we're talking nearly excited, the person who always sticks out in my head is David O'Leary when he joined Villa. Basically, there was an article in the Sports Argus uh, back in the day, very old school, where um, David O'Leary was all um, going on about every player he could have signed for Leeds. And it just mm. ran on and on and on. And he wouldn't shut up about, like, <laughs> could have signed Mark van Bommel, um, but he didn't sign, you know, but, you know, he went somewhere else instead. I could have signed Rivaldo at Leeds, you know, he was, I used to be Leeds United manager, do you know that? Um, he just, just relentlessly going on about players he could have signed at Leeds. He was absolutely unbearable. Um, yeah. Is there anyone who has a good word to say about O'Leary in that era? Like, I don't know. I mean, he, he had a good first season from memory, didn't he? I mean, he got mm. us, did he get us into Europe? Or at least he sort of got us up to that sort of, at least top 10, maybe even top six, I think. Yeah. But then subsequently, uh, he, was he there for three seasons in total? And I yeah. think he just sort of fell away a little bit. And then it got a bit sour. I think a lot of, um, I think Villa, plan, Villa fans took against him for some comments he was making sort of post-match about Villa fans being a bit annoying, whatever. Yeah, it was uh, and, then, and then I think as well, they were, that was when the links with Martin O'Neill, I think, start to be, sort of ramp up as well. I, it was a long, <laughs> a long time, time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were reaching into the, you know, the depths of time here. But, um, the lamp, but, the lamp before but, time. But yeah, no, we quickly dispensed with, uh, with O'Leary and his weird transfer anecdotes. But... Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think some of these players probably that I've got on my list were probably <laughs> mentioned by O'Leary uh, back uh, back when he was managing the club. But I've got them in a formation which is more familiar with us today. I've got them in a sort of a 4-1-2-1-2 formation, you know, that sort of diamond that uh, Gerard was utilising in certain games. Steady on, Marcello Bielsa. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think I think I've got the right players in the right positions as well. Yeah. What was that? You know what this really opened my eyes to is how utterly baffling the world of uh, you know the transfer market is. You know because yeah. you're dealing the commodity is people <laughs> in, oh, yeah. in a kind of a yeah. weird, in a weird sort of phrase. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like any other business. Well, I write in script stuff like Villa have bought Diego Carlos from Sevilla, and it just sounds wrong, doesn't it? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not like, a, like a bag of peanuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, just bought. Like, like acquired, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very weird, the whole terminology for it. But, but, and also just, yeah, it's just bizarre how they fell through and, um, you know, how, how, you know, some things, happen for some bizarre reasons and some things don't happen for other equally bizarre reasons, as I will go on to explain, because yes. some of the stories behind these transfers are <laughs> just utterly bizarre. <laughs> um, ideas, yeah. But here we go. Right. I'm going to start. So basically the goalkeeper, right. This yeah. was a hard position for me to find someone we were linked with. Mm. I don't know why. I, I think mainly because if I, if I kind of looked into the sort of, various articles about players that we'd nearly signed, they all seem to be sort of flamboyant attacking players and strikers. There wasn't yeah. too many that I could sort of remember 
or could at least read in these articles about about sort of goalkeepers and defenders. But one that I do remember and I looked up and we were indeed linked with because it was quite recently was Jack Butland. Mm. Uh, we were linked in July 2019 after our promotion to the Premier League. I don't know if you remember that, but um, yeah, there were a few reports that we were going to sort of take him from Stoke at the time. Um, yeah. But according to the Express and Star, we couldn't meet uh, Stoke's valuation of him. Mm. So that one passed us by. And then he joined Crystal Palace in October 2020. And I think he's still there. Yeah, um, he, he was he, really highly rated, wasn't he? One time, played for yeah, England. he was, and then yeah, just and to... uh, and Team GB at the Olympics, he was their goalkeeper, wasn't he? Was it? Um, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, he was one of those players that sort of came through, and, and he was, yeah, as you say, touted as being potentially one of the one of the greats, wasn't he? And, and then he didn't really end up having the career that a lot of people expected him to mm. have. Um, but yeah, he's still in the Premier League. I, I, I don't think he's there top choice keeper but I know he did play a few games last season in the Premier League maybe they had injuries in that department I don't know but mm-hmm. uh, Butland in goal for the Aston Villa nearly 11 well there we are he's keeping Emmy Martinez out of the team <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah right um, and then we move on to a quite famous uh, uh, link back in the day oh, the yes. year is 1995 I know where this is going and according to former chairman Deadly Doug Ellis, in his autobiography, Roberto Carlos, the uh, infamous Brazilian left-back with a wicked free kick, agreed to join us. But apparently, according to Deadly Doug, Brian Little, our manager at the time, wasn't interested. Wasn't interested. (laughs) Um, I mean, at the time, we had Alan Wright would have been in direct competition. When I realised that, it reminded me of that episode of The Simpsons where Homer Simpson is called into Monty Burns' baseball team along with other players, <laughs> other, Homer <laughs> other the factory workers. And they're, they're not doing very well. So Burns pays essentially for all these major league baseball players to come <laughs> yeah. and replace them. And there's a moment where Homer Simpson meets Daryl Strawberry, who's this kind of like iconic baseball player who plays in his position. <laughs> yeah. And he's sort of working out slowly in his head. That um, that he is going to be replaced by uh, by by Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> I've got this image of Alan Wright sort of nervously looking at Roberto <laughs> Carlos at Bodymore Heath. Um, are you are you better than me? <laughs> I don't know you, but yes. Roberto Carlos just smashes a free kick and then turns and says yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, but well, instead he joined Inter Milan and then Real Madrid and just won every sort of domestic and international honour under the sun but we had Alan Wright so you know yeah. did we lose out yes <laughs> so there we are <laughs> Roberto Carlos left back moving on to our centre back partnership Sylvan Distan do you remember him Frankie oh, yeah. Sylvan yeah. Distan scored against us by running the length of the pitch at Villa Park for Man City that rings a bell yeah, yeah. well we made offers we made offers for him uh, when he played for Portsmouth in 2009 yeah, okay a, Again, we didn't meet his valuation. I think they wanted five million. It's weird how much like transfer sort of the costs of transfers have, have just gone up in such a relatively short space of time, like Absolutely five million incredible. pounds for Distac, because he was an underrated defender. I think he was, I don't think he won any French caps, but he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he didn't join us, but went to join Everton and then Bournemouth and retired. So there we are, Sylvain Distan. And then I don't know if you ever remember our link to 
our next centre back in the nearly eleven, Nemanja Vidic. Do you remember really? that? Yeah. Yes. So I remember this quite clearly in two thousand and six. Well, I didn't remember the year, but I do remember the link. Um, we were linked with him along with Man U when he was at Spartak Moscow. And I found the Sky Sports article where they were talking about, you know, he had a toss-up between us and United. I wonder who he would have gone for. Wow. Um, obviously, he went to, went to United. I bet he regrets <laughs> Yeah, but then after he left United and went to Inter in his sort of twilight years, we were linked with him again in, in January 2016. And um, and he decided to retire instead. Yeah, yeah. I do remember <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Villa came in with the, the, the 2016 version of Aston Villa came in with a bit, and that was enough for him to call it a day. It was it was literally one day we were strongly linked with him, and the next day on Twitter he announced he'd retired from professional football. <laughs> so, listen, I'm sure those two things weren't linked. Um, mm. Anyway, so right back of our nearly eleven. Mm-hmm. This was the hardest position of all for me to find a right back that we were linked with who we never signed. But I found one, and it's actually fairly um, relevant. Um, Calvin Ramsey, who t- also, as of today joined Liverpool, 18-year-old from Aberdeen, mm-hmm. we were linked with in October 2021. Um, yeah, so clearly I think that was after the Gerard move. Or it would have been around when Gerard. 2021 last year yeah, yeah it would have been yeah. it would have been probably fairly soon after he joined so i think that link was probably made because obviously he would have had knowledge of him playing for Aberdeen, i guess mm. and probably thought he was quite a decent young player and he clearly is because liverpool have snapped him up um yeah. but uh yeah that uh that never happened and a player that you mentioned earlier in this chat mark van bommel sitting in defensive midfield wow as if i mentioned 11. his name yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I think that probably was during the David O'Leary years. Then maybe. Yeah. Um, he was. He was. I thought he was like perennially linked with us uh, mm. in like the late noughties, early sort of twenty tens. He was kind of persistently linked with a lot of clubs of our sort of level, so like Everton, Spurs, yeah. West Ham, Newcastle. Those Leeds sorts of clubs always linked with. Yeah, Mark van Bommel, Leeds. Yeah, obviously. Um, but then he had a quite good career, you know. He played for Milan, Barca, Bayern, but not oh, Villa. Yeah. Very not good player, Villa. cynical, dirty player. He, yes, he did the dirty work. He could probably could have done a job for us, sort of last year when we sort of sort of needed a player yeah. in that sort of position. Um, but yeah, Mark van Bommel there. So we move on to the centre mids of our mm. nearly eleven. Tim Cahill. Oh, I, I always thought Cahill was a brilliant player. I think he. Yeah. If he'd gone to Ferguson's United, I think he'd have been a legend at United. I just think he yeah. was an excellent player. He was brilliant. He was very good. And um, so this was when Graham Taylor was manager of Villa. Mm. He said he tried to sign um, him when he was at Millwall, but he injured his crucial ligaments. So that killed oh, okay. the deal. But apparently right. if that injury hadn't happened, then he was on his way to Villa Park. Oh, all those headers he would have scored in front of the whole yeah. team. I know. Well, he oh. did score a lot of goals at the whole end, which is not for us. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think. I think. I think he scored seven goals against us oh, for Everton. God. Um, but it's he always, became obviously. It's always the way, isn't it? Players linked to us strongly, and always feel like, every yeah. every player has ever scored record numbers of goal. You like teams have scored the most against. It's always Villa and Newcastle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As sure as night follows day. But yeah, Tim Cahill never, never made the move. This one, I think you probably will remember. This is one of the notable members of our 
at nearly 11. Frank mm. Lampard. Yeah, Frank so Lampard. I remember that. Do you yeah. remember this? Heavily linked. So, yeah, well, we were in talks to sign him. I think we had yeah. a bid rejected. Uh, loads of reports saying that we had a bid of about 7.5 million rejected yep. when he was at West Ham in 2001. Chelsea stormed in with 11 million. 11 million. Bid, sealed the deal. Yeah. And the rest is history. I remember um, the I picture. It, I remember the picture on the coming home from school and the Birmingham or the evening mail, as it was called, then was at home and the picture of Lampard and it was like yeah. Villa's bid. And it was just, it was so exciting. Like, oh, Frank Lampard's coming to Villa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the league and all that. Yeah, but. Yeah, because because he he was he was at the time obviously. I mean, he was a good player for West Ham, and, yeah. and obviously he was very young. And I think people thought he was the, the one to look at in terms of prospects. And obviously, mm. he sort of filled that potential, didn't he? But um, yeah, he didn't uh, didn't fill it with us. Um, Another right, player so full into... of regrets, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then we move into the more attacking uh, portion of the field here. Attacking midfielder Wesley Schneider. Yes, I remember that as well. Yeah, yeah 2009. Yeah. Apparently the Daily Mail said that we were favourites to sign him from Real Madrid. Um, and O'Neill, who was our manager then, uh, said he was a big fan. But he instead went to Inter Milan, uh, won the Champions League, Serie A and Coppa Italia. Yes, won the treble. Season. He was fantastic um, in that year. Yeah, he was he brilliant. Was very good, very good. So I'm sure that was a small consolation for missing out on the move to Villa Park. Uh, for Schneider <laughs> um, and then the deadly duo up front or oh, I feel like I know the two you're going to say okay I'll, I'll let you I'll let you go and say. Le- okay I think I think we probably would have got the same two Radamel Falcao yes Falcao yeah. five so million Greg I think e- yeah that's exactly exactly right so Greg Evans who's reporter now of the Athletic then of the Birmingham Mail Said in 2008, Falcao was offered to, Mili- for, to, to Villa for five million from River Plate, the club mm. that we signed uh, Angel from. Um, but O'Neill plumped for Emil Heskey from Wigan instead. Yeah, to fire us into the Champions League, which obviously didn't happen. That worked um, out well, didn't it? <laughs> Good going, Martin. <laughs> Good going. Well, he had a couple of sort of strange transfer. Yeah, moves, I, I, I bring this up all the time, but I still have this pang of annoyance every time I think about it Gary Cahill going for absolute peanuts to Bolton still can't believe um, that and then signing Zat Knight is Zat Knight to replace him just bonkers anyway. never made sense I know mental but anyway um, LT Gray who could have joined the Lions uh, the Tiger uh, went on to he was unbelievable he went with Porto and Monaco I was looking at his, like, tr- his, his striking record for those two clubs in particular just insane stats yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's still playing 36 at Rayo Vallecano in, uh, in Spain. Yeah. Um, so there we are. And to round off the nearly 11, Frank. There's only one. Got to be this man. Andy Cole? No, I was going to say <laughs> Benny McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Benny, the thing is, we were linked with so many strikers over the years who we did sign, Benny McCarthy being one. Hmm. But I just didn't think he was high profile enough for my nearly 11. Right. Um, so, so he's not he's he's on the subs bench, Benny. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Andy Cole, so Doug Ellis again in his autobiography. I don't know how much I can believe Deadly here. Um, either in the in the Roberto Carlos anecdote or this one, um, maybe just wanted to sell his book. Um, but he said that a, a fee of just over a million quid was agreed with Cole's club at the time, which was Bristol City, which I had no idea he played for. Yeah. Um, so he was he was trying to get that done. 
but he couldn't get in contact with Ron Atkinson to sanction the move. Oh, God. Apparently, well, maybe this is what it was like in the early 90s. You just could not get in touch with people <laughs> when you really needed to. There was no WhatsApp. There was no oh, Skype. None of that. I'm sure Dead, Deadly Doug would have been all over WhatsApp. Yeah, definitely. But Ron Atkinson was probably sunning himself on Marbella or something. Yeah, almost. And, uh, and wasn't answering his phone. And so oh, instead, no. he joined uh, he joined Newcastle and then obviously United. <sighs> so it could have been, it could have been, Frankie, imagine this, York and Cole at Villa, Villa. instead of oh. United. That might have been. Oh, you, you, I feel like I've been. I feel like I've just had a dagger in the in the heart there. That is, oh, mm. that thought. So um, it's it's all. I tell you what, this nearly eleven. What a what a team. Oh, what a team we nearly had. Team. Roberto Carlos sending crosses into Andy Cole. Oh, Dwight York. <laughs> Frank oh, Lampard steaming in. Alan Wright coming on for the last ten minutes to <laughs> shore up the defence. Oh, but it, but like um, uh, that is fascinating. Isn't it? You think like the sliding doors moment of. You know, if we'd had mobile phones back in the early 90s with Rod and Deadly Douglas and we'd mm. signed, um, we'd signed Cole, I don't know like, what, what, how different it all would be, you know, like what, yeah, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. that season where we came second, we could have won the league, you know, I don't know. Like, it, Well, yeah, exactly. This, these, these are sliding doors moments, aren't they? But um mm. But yeah, I guess I guess that what it would have meant was players that we did eventually sign, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have signed, we wouldn't have needed. Yeah. So we would have missed out on, you know. Well, I think um in the case of Frank Lampard, we our alternative was Hassan Kashlaw or Mustafa Hadji. Mm. Um so, <laughs> so um, you know. Yeah. Uh, we, we we got the better end of the deal there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I have no regrets we didn't sign. Chelsea's record goal scorer of all time, Frank Lampard. Yeah. Um, no regrets whatsoever. Well, great work on the nearly 11. I'm uh, very, some of them names I had no idea about as well. So that is. Well, I'm quite intrigued to, if anyone's listening and, um, you know, has a nearly 11 of their own or players that I've missed out, then uh, then do get to Who would get in your nearly 11? Does Milo Rashica make it in? <laughs> I, well, I was, I was thinking of it because he was permanently linked with us, wasn't he? Constantly. Um, yeah, to the point where I wonder if he, he if he actually did play for us, and I've just thought, <laughs> when I'm older, I'll be like, I'm sure he played for us <laughs> yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, I sort of feel that way about um, Mark Van Bommel, to be honest. Really, yeah, that times we were linked with him, but um, but yeah, I would, I'd, yeah, I'd like to know anybody else who has a as a player that I haven't mentioned because there was Alan Shearer apparently was linked with us. Imagine that, Michael mm. Owen apparently. Owen, yeah. but hey ho, there we go. The nearly eleven. I mean, I think they might give our current crop a game. All Villa, No Filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. The fixtures for Aston Villa have just been released in the last week. And I think, George, it's time we had a little wee chat about it. First game, Bournemouth away. What are you thinking about that? Well, um, the last time we played Bournemouth away uh, was the um, season we would Terrible, <laughs> was wasn't it? The Rudy, Rudy, that was that was when we started off the season. We, we won one nil. Rudy Gusted scored, and I thought, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Although we've made a big sign. Claret Blue Army. Yeah. Um, and and that was the highlight. First game of the season was the highlight of the entire season. Who yeah. would have thought it at the time? Um, so yeah, I've got sort of mild sort of 
sort of sort of sweating and got sort of heart palpitations thinking about Bournemouth away first game of the season to be honest but we're a different we're a different beast aren't we now um so yeah. I'm 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 feeling confident I mean looking at the first few fixtures generally I think we probably need to get off to a good start do you know what I mean yeah it's not too bad is it those first it's three games bad. it's um, not bad Bournemouth away on August the 6th uh, so not that far away, you know, um, although too far for me. I want football back now. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, um, Everton at home. Everton, we seem to have a really good record against recent years. So you'd like to think that maybe we can continue that winning run. And then Crystal Palace away. Uh, we won there uh, recently, uh, yeah. last season, sorry, 2-1. So um, it'll be interesting, you know, all our new signings that we'll have. They'll be, you know, eager to impress. Uh, Bournemouth away, you'd think Kiefer Moore, seven foot eight, eight foot two, whatever he is. Uh, the Welsh international, I believe he's playing at Bournemouth. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be a big test for Diego Carlos uh, on his, on probably his, likely his uh, Premier League debut. Um, although Tyron Mings may get the job as a slightly taller player, of, uh, just trying to fight him, basically. Um, good yeah. luck with that. Uh, but yes, those first three fixtures, uh, Everton at home on the 13th of August and Palace on the 20th of August. Um, but sort of, something worth mentioning, George, is um, weird season is about to come up with the World Cup right in the middle of it. Mm. You know, what, it's really hard to predict how teams are going to react to that and whether sides are going to... Because I think that City and Liverpool have both worked out how to peak in a season now. I think they always mm. they always seem to just get going at exactly the same point. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder with this upcoming season how teams like that who who have a very set pattern now how they'll deal with it and how Villa you know how are we going to deal with it because. Well, a fair few games, and then uh, mm. it's in uh, November twelfth is our last game, and then the World Cup takes place. Well, it could be it could be a bit of a freak season potentially then, because if if you're a big club, then obviously a lot of your players are going to be going off to the World Cup, aren't they? So yeah. they'll be playing a bunch of games in November in Qatar, mm. having to fly back and then carry on and finish the Premier League season. So yeah. by the time May rolls around, you'd think a lot of them are going to be pretty knackered. That could potentially have a bearing on on certain places, maybe. But but then again, you know, the biggest teams in the world also happen to have the biggest, most talented squads. So yeah. City are building. You know, a City, squad, City, aren't City, they? City B team would probably challenge the A team for the Premier League yeah. title. Let's be honest. So, um, so yeah, so um, yeah, you'd, you'd think you'd think they'll be okay and. The Liverpool squad is probably a little bit on the thin side. They might struggle a little bit with players going off to the World Cup. Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 thanks for reminding me, actually, the World Cup is taking place in November, but it probably will factor into some of my thinking for who might finish where when we do our um, sort of pre-season predictions in the, in the next sort of few weeks or so. Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it could be could be an interesting season. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, obviously... The, the, the games are still going to come through thick and fast as they as they tend to do in the Premier League anyway. I, yeah. I, I, maybe in November, um, you know, even Gerard might have to think about who he starts sort of uh, playing, giving time to 
considering yeah. some of the some of the some of the um, departures that will inevitably take place for the World Cup. Um, you know, um, but then you know, we do have a very talented uh, youth team, as yeah. we've mentioned. So, a couple of young players will probably could, a couple sure, of young so. players will probably come in. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe earlier than perhaps Gerard might want or expect. But mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to throw them in and just see how they get on. Yeah, um, the World Cup absolutely will force the hands of managers to do yeah. certain things. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I think I think if we go back to kind of the start of the season, we've got we have got some good games that you'd hope we would get decent results from. If I scroll down to the bottom though, Frankie, heading into April and May, oh, yeah. it's not the nicest end well, of the season. That is our title running, isn't it? Um, <laughs> 28th of May is our final game, Brighton at home. So we could be lifting the Premier League trophy at in front of the Villa Park nice. crowd. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, but there's probably like a, a, you know, the game before that is Liverpool away. That could be, you know, they could be pushing for the title with us. And, you know, for, I am only joking before people think I'm serious. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. Uh, United away, um, Wolves yes. away, Tottenham at home. Don't seem to do well against Tottenham, do we? Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool away. But Brighton at home, you'd think that'd be, you know, you never know. God only knows how this season is going to go. Really. It's such a long way away next season. But, uh, but yeah, the, that, that's a, quite a tough ending, I think. So hopefully we... We're not mired in the relegation battle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think to start the season, Bournemouth, Everton, Palace, I think you're looking at that and um, you want to get a decent haul of points, I think, out of those first three. Um, and with Villa's new signings, I, I sort of think we will go in with quite a bit of momentum to the new season, quite a bit of excitement, I think. It won't be like mm. last season, you know, losing Grealish just before... The season started really, and then um, I think it was, yeah, just the team itself looked a bit lost and lackluster, didn't it, in that first game against Watford? Um, I don't think that's going to happen this time out. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, we're still, as you say, so far from the season starting. Lots can, there is inevitably going to be lots of ins and outs at various clubs, yeah. and, and that will kind of have a bearing on whether we feel we, we get points against certain clubs or not. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's just great. It's always great to see the fixtures this comes out. It always reminds me that the season isn't a million miles away, yeah. uh, and we're sort of gearing up then for uh, for the start of a new one, um, which is always really exciting. A couple of other points of business that we haven't really discussed since we last uh, done a show: uh, Michael Beale left as assistant manager yes, um, in the last few weeks to be replaced by, surprisingly, in my mind, Neil Critchley, who um, who left. Um, Blackpool is their manager to become mm. our assistant. And from what I, I was listening to, a, actually a Blackpool podcast, um, just to kind of get a sense of how they felt about him going. Mm. A lot of them feel pretty gutted that he's yeah. gone, which augurs well for us. Um, yeah. I think he, by the sounds of things, he managed to get a get make really sort of squeeze the most out of what looks like on paper quite a limited Blackpool side yeah. um, I think they finished mid-table in the championship you know a lot of people had them down because I, I he brought them up didn't he from league one mm. um and um you know on, on paper their their squad probably looked destined for a relegation scrap and they were never really in one uh mm. they, they if, if anything at one stage in the season they were probably eyeing up a bit of a push for the playoffs uh, which sort of didn't happen but but clearly he seems to be someone who tactically is very astute um, yeah 
as I say, gets the most out of well, players. So that's the thing, you know, he could bring in new ideas for Gerard. Um, you know, because they, they, they worked together, didn't they, at Liverpool? They, or they, yes. they their paths yeah. did cross at Liverpool, didn't they? They did, yeah, uh, up at Melwood. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, the Blackpool fans were largely gutted, um, from what I saw, and that tactically he is a manager that apparently is forward thinking, um, is quite versatile. So hopefully that's uh, something that can help Stephen Gerrard. Hopefully he can acquire more knowledge from him on on, on tactics. Um, Michael Beale, you know, very very highly rated. Um, I guess QPR, you know, it's it's a it's a gamble, isn't it? Because QPR are one of them clubs where things can go wrong very quickly. Um, so you know, but I guess in his own mind, it's you know, it's now or never. It might be thought, you know, in an opportunity like QPR, you know, if he can do a good job there, then. Great, sets him up as a manager for life, really. Um, but uh, it is it is interesting that Beal has left Villa to become a manager at a mid-table championship club and replaced him with a manager of a mid-table championship club. Like it's very <laughs> unusual to see a, a, yeah, a manager of a team leave to become an assistant. But again, like he probably sees the Villa job as um, when's his opportunity to work, you know, at close proximity mm. with a, you know, with somebody he knows like Gerard and uh, a top you know, top club like Villa. So, um, so yeah, uh, I th- yeah, I'm hopeful about it is what I would say. I think it, what, what it does underline is we're definitely a project which we can successfully sell to both coaches and players. Hmm. Um, you know, if you look at the, the, you know, the players we've brought in, we've managed to convince Coutinho to join. And, and I know Gerard is probably uh, ultimately the deciding factor in that. But, yeah, you know, Kamara as well and, 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 and Carlos and, and players that play for, you know, Clubs really that are, again, on paper, sort of a bit beyond us in terms of what they're achieving and and, and what tournaments they're competing in. You know, top yeah. top level players at top clubs are willing to take, you know, take the step to to, to Villa to try and improve us because you know we 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 clearly got a yeah, project that we can sell to them that they want to be mm. a part of. So it, it all augurs well, as I say, um, you know, from the coaching staff through to the players. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's an exciting time. I was gutted when Beal left because I always thought, I, I just get the impression that he's he's a bit of the sort of the brains of the operation, whereas Gerard is perhaps the, the man, the man manager, you know, the motivator um, on the touchline. Yeah. Um, but I think but, Critchley will come in and basically like for like, it's a, maybe a bit of a like for like sub, isn't it? Uh, Critchley yeah. will come in and, and do the Beal job and, and uh, Gerard will carry on being Gerard. It's the coaching equivalent of Trezeguet coming on for El Ghazi and vice <laughs> yeah. versa. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you're right. I, uh, yeah, it, it had been portrayed generally that Bill was kind of the brains of the operation. But, you know, uh, Gerard's an astute guy, you'd think, and, you know, he's such an experienced football player and um, Critchley will come in with all that coach experience. I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that it will be OK. Of course, there will be some transition um, because the players will have been used to Bill by now. So, um, but it's good that it's happening now rather than like mid-season, I think. Mm. Um, and it's good that they get to work together over pre-season to get to know each other. So that's why I'm a bit more hopeful. Um, you know, some questions about when John Terry left, I think a year ago, and the Villa's defence didn't look quite as good. That's an interesting... Yeah. So you do wonder, was it Terry-related? I don't really know. You know, went off to make his NFTs and all that. Uh, <laughs> whatever that was all about. Um, so yeah, I um, 
I'm hopeful that we've got him in at the right time and that the new players are coming early and they can all get to know each other and be firing for Bournemouth away on the first day of the season. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, what I can, what I like about us at the moment is what whatever happens to us, we're, we're making moves quickly, which is a yeah. sign of a well-run club, both in terms of players and coaches that have needed replacing. We, we've moved quickly to replace them and... Um, and yeah, as you say, it gives it gives the entire squad the best possible chance to get to grips with the, the, the changes that have been made, yeah. and so they can familiarize familiarize themselves with each other. So it all is good, Frankos. Yeah, I do wonder what what the sort of Danny Ings moment will be. We've, we've probably had two of them, like Kamara felt a bit like that, you know. But Danny Ings, in the sense, like out of nowhere, um, mm. just a bit of an instrument. So I do wonder who Villa's next. Will Villa have a moment like that? Um, I. I would not be absolutely shocked if Bale did turn up. I think that's just no, but uh, not that I really know where he fits into the team. But uh, yes, I wouldn't be shocked if that did happen. But we shall we shall see. Okay, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, George Zelinski. Catch you later, Frankie. Thank you very much. I enjoyed that a lot, George. Uh, and as I say, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely do. Um, you know, as Frankie was saying, there's lots of extra content there, um, particularly talking about the transfers that have come in with lots of people who really are in the know uh, when it comes to the incomings uh, at Villa Park. So do do definitely check that out on YouTube. Uh, but for now, it's goodbye from us, goodbye from me. We will be back again soon. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. <laughs>